are visiting uh, with us this morning. I've met some new people already this morning who are here, which is awesome. Uh, we just want to say welcome. If you're online and you're visiting this morning, welcome. People are clapping here. I don't know if you can hear them, but uh, we just hope that you just have a, 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 have a great morning and that we hope to see you soon. We hope to see your face, shake your hand, COVID safe way and all that kind of thing. But um, we love new people. I always say that I think church uh, should be the the people of church or the family of church, whatever you want to say, this community should be the most welcoming place on planet earth. We don't, you know, like God, uh, God is good and he loves you. So I just want you to know that this morning if you're visiting and we just, we're so glad that you can join us. How are we this morning? Turn to the person next to you, say, you look good this morning. You look good. Did you, you might have moisturized a little extra this morning, exfoliated, uh, had an extra coffee. The Bible says uh, two coffees are better than one, and uh, it's a double espresso anointing. <laughs> That's not in the Bible, I lied. That's fake. Uh, just so that you know. Huh? Hebrews. Hebrews, a cup of coffee, if you haven't heard that one before. That's a shocker. I can't believe you got me saying that. Jeez. Hey, we have, uh, we've been in an incredible series, right? We have, if you're joining us for the first time, uh, we're, we're the second last week away from finishing a series that has been called Abide. And uh, we've just been camping in this series, which is, we've been abiding literally in this series. Uh, it, you might have been thinking just like me, I'm a, I'm a distracted kind of uh, like, I'm a, I'm a guy that I get a book, and then I'm like a quarter of the way through, and I see the cover of another book, and I'm like, no, I want to read that one now. And, and, uh, and I, I've got like, I don't think I've completely read a book all the way through before. Like, it's in, I don't, I'm that, I'm that shocking. I get distracted. And so when it comes to church series, you might be like me, like, we're seven weeks in, and you're like, oh, well, would the bide finish? But I'm ready for the new, I want to go on to the next thing. But I think it's been really powerful that once a year we kind of just camp in a portion of Scripture and kind of as a family and as a community, we, we almost together meditate on a particular portion of Scripture. We slow down because sometimes we want to rush off to the next thing. We want to go to the next thing and we miss out what God is trying to do. We miss out what God is trying to say. And sometimes we're just going to let it get inside of us and do its work. Because at the start of the series, I thought, yeah, I abide. I know how to abide. I'm in the vine. I do, I do that, right? I don't know if you're like, yeah, I got, that. I got that one down. Next, move on. What's the next thing? I want some uh, extra new revelation to blow my mind or something. Like, no. A couple of weeks in, I'm like, oh, I don't think I'm abiding that well in certain areas. And the, the series and the scripture is kind of rolling around in our minds and it's starting to do its work. We're starting to meditate on the word of God like we're meant to. And we're starting to let God speak to us and go, yeah, you thought you were abiding in these areas. There's always more abiding you can do. And he starts to show certain areas in our life where we can, we can engage in the presence of God, in knowing God, in knowing Jesus, in experiencing the Holy Spirit in more and more ways. So I love, it's good form. It's just good form to slow down in the scriptures. It's good form. And if anyone knows about good form, it's people who go to the gym. Uh, is there any gym people? I mean, we haven't. It's been Pastor Keith. Pastor Keith knows about good form. Uh, I don't know. If, 
Up the back, Joel Proctor, you know, you know about good form. Uh, Jared Cavalieri knows about good form. If you've seen that guy around, he's quite buff. And uh, Seb Pierman, I don't know if you're watching online, Seb Pierman knows about good form. He's been working out all year long. He can, like, squat 10 cars. I don't know what it is. It's a, it's a big amount. But if you go and talk to a personal trainer, they'll tell you all about good form. Good form is important. And slowing down in the scriptures is good form. And a, and a personal trainer will tell you, start light, but do more reps. But do those reps really slow. Because sometimes you go in the gym, you just want to like go real fast, go real hard. You're going to hurt yourself. So good form, slowing down, meditating on the scripture is good form because it builds a foundation for growth. It builds a foundation for strengthening yourself. It might seem simple. It might seem, you know, we're just staying in this one scripture, but it's doing something. It's building good form. It's good form to camp in scripture. And I don't know about you, but I've been loving this series. There have been some great quotes, a couple of quotes here. Proximity doesn't guarantee intimacy. Pastor Mel, I sprung that quote. Uh, the abiding life is the obedient life. I don't know. I've, I've, I don't have the person. I'm just going to say Pastor Nate probably said that one because it's a good one. Or Pastor Keith said that one. Last week we heard from Pastor Darren uh, and he was talking about the plants. These are the fake plants, that there's fake vines in our life. That there are sources of, uh, of life that we think are going to give us what we need, but they're, they're imitation. They're not real. And uh, we might have, we might have planted ourselves in those things, but we're not getting life. And that's because there's, the, there's only one place we get to life. Um, but talking about good form, uh, lately I've had a really bad back. And I used to go to the gym. I used to be like Seb and Jared. I used to go to the gym. But lately I've had a bad back and I actually went to the osteo. Uh, shout out a tune. And... Um, I went to the osteo and I said, oh, look, my back's terrible. I, like, I, can't, I get these tension headaches. Like it's, it's like I can't think properly. And so, absolutely horrible. I'm sure people who have a desk job know what I'm talking about. And I went to the osteo and he said, so what do you do all day? And I said, oh, I sit down at my desk. He's like, well, there's your problem. I said, that's exactly your problem. I said, what are you talking about? He said, you've got no muscles in your back. I've <laughs> got no muscles in my back. He said, yeah, you've got no strength in your back because you just sit down and look at a screen all day. I was like, oh, like, come on. He's like, no, I'm serious. He's like, I'm going to get you to do a really simple exercise to strengthen your back. I'm like, no, I used to go to the gym like eight years ago. I know how to do this. I know how to do this uh, eight years ago. I know how to do this. I got this down pat. Actually, I remember this one time, presence conference, 10 years ago. Pastor Nate remembers this. Pastor Nate and I were staying together with another friend. We hit the spa after one of the sessions Jumped in the spa. We're enjoying the spa. This guy and some other girls hopped out. They were really, he was really cranky at us. It was about 11.30 at night. I don't know why he was cranky. I can't remember why. We're loving the spa though. We're enjoying the spa and we look across and there's like a gym with a glass wall. And there's a guy in there. We, I, like, I remember this like yesterday. There's a guy in there at the gym. And we're like, it's 11.30 at night. And there's the thing called the lat pull down machine where you sit on the thing and you pull it down to your chest and it works your back out. And so naturally you go like this. This guy is sitting there and it's got a little chain so it moves a bit. He's holding the thing and he's just swinging like this. He's just swinging all over the place. And we, we were absolutely cracking up in the spa because this guy's about to do his spine in. Like we, this guy had terrible form. Like it was shocking, right? And so I thought, I told the guy at the physio, I need to do this. I need to get, do some lap pull downs or something. He's like, no, 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 no. 
you need to start small. He said, get on the edge of your bed. I wish I had a thing here to show you. He said, get on the edge of your bed, lift your arms up like this, and just extend your arms out and bring it back in. I said, what are you talking about? My hand, you went in with some weights, like get some heavy weights. And he's like, no, no, just your hands. And I said, my hands aren't heavy. They're not, they're not going to bring me any strength. He said, no, this simple little thing is going to strengthen your back. I thought, okay. So I went home. I started doing them. Felt good. Didn't do it. You know, who else goes to the... You, go, you spend $100 to go to the physio. They tell you what to do and then you don't do any of it because you think it's too simple. It's too simple. And you're not in the habits. You're not in the habit. And so a week later, my back sore again. I thought, oh, maybe this guy was right. Maybe the professional that I spent all this money on was correct. That I need to just do this thing which is weird. I'm not used to it. It makes me feel weak because I'm not holding any weights. But if I just did it, everything else would start to work better. My back would strengthen. I'd start to, like I go running a lot and that's kind of, it, it affects that. I would run better. Like this one small thing and I realized I need to develop a habit. I need to develop consistency in my life with this one little strange, obscure thing that I'm not used to, I need to make this a habit because it's going to strengthen so many other areas of my life. And the title of my message or the, the thrust of my message this morning really is that your habitual life is a key to a flourishing spiritual life. It's a key. There's lots of keys, but it is a, it's a big key. That your habitual life, your habits, the habits in your world are a key to your flourishing spiritual life, to your relationship with Jesus, to, to how you get to know Jesus, to experiencing Him. And I think sometimes we get a little bit scared of like really practical things that are a bit hard and, and that require work and effort. We get scared. We go, here are the, we kind of put them in categories. We go, here are the practical things of my spiritual life, or here are these practical things. And over here are spiritual things. And spiritual things are like experiencing the presence of God. Like they're really ephemeral things, right? They're, they're, heart, they're experiences with God. I love, this is my, my favorite stuff. Like everyone loves this stuff. It, it feels great experiencing the presence of God in worship. Uh, healing, miracles. Like we think of spirit, this is spiritual. And then we think of like really practical doing things. We got, it's not spiritual. That's spiritual. That's not. But I'd like to say that the, these practical things are just as spiritual in, in God's minds as these things. In fact, if you read all throughout Scripture, God asks people to do really practical things, really everyday things that lead to phenomenal results that we would call spiritual and miraculous. It begins sometimes with the practical and ends over here. But in God's mind, it's all the one and the same thing. We, don't, we shouldn't delineate these things. And I think we get scared of the practical because we go, that's hard. That means it's religious. That's religious. Oh, if it's hard, it's religious. Because our cultural, the, the culture of our world today has elevated uh, feelings and emotions 
to, to king. That it is king. That our feelings and our emotions are what determine what is true and what is right and what is good. If I feel it's good, then it must be good. If I feel it's bad, then it must be bad. Which is not at all what the kingdom of God, what scripture teaches us, what Jesus teaches us. No, no, no. Our feelings are not truth. They are not the grid through which we process or filter truth. No, the word is the truth. The scripture, Jesus, he is the truth. He is our filter. And so these things might feel good, then practical things and obedience and sacrifice and things like this don't feel too great. They feel hard. But I'm telling you, it's still spiritual. It's still good. God asks us to do lots of different things and be obedient. He has a lot of commands. And, and my, the thrust of my message this morning is that, you, actually, you might have heard of it growing up in church as spiritual disciplines, right? We need spiritual disciplines. Now, that, that is an older kind of term, and the word discipline kind of sounds really negative and tough. I like the word because it's like, yeah, discipline. But I, I've also, I also like the phrase, and I feel like I coined it, but I might have just forgotten who said it once, so I'm just going to steal that. That's okay. You're allowed to do that if you've got a microphone. Yeah. Um, <laughs> instead of spiritual disciplines, I like to call it habits towards God. This is kind of because it's not... It's, it's about a direction towards it. Habits that realign and direct our heart, our mind, our attention, our whole self. They redirect their habits that help redirect us back to Him, back to looking at Him instead of this other thing or that other thing over here. And we've been, I'm not going to go all the way through John 15, but let's get ready. Let's get into John 15. If you've got your Bibles at home, I want to read this particular part of John 15. Go to John 15, verse 5. And, uh, and we kind of, in John 15 here, we, we're dropped into the middle of kind of a conversation that Jesus is having with his disciples. The context here, and this is what I was talking about, good form, slowing down. We need to go back and forward and see the rest of the picture. So I encourage you to go and have a look at the, the whole thing that is happening here. But Jesus is with his disciples. They've had, they've been in, they've, they had the Last Supper. Well, they're having the Last Supper. Jesus washed the disciples' feet. Uh, he's told them, you know, someone's going to betray me. And all these things are happening. And it's kind of the last moments before Jesus goes to the cross to pay for the sins of the world. Like this is an epic moment in history, in time. And he's with his disciples who are confused. They're not sure exactly what Jesus is talking about. He's talking about going away to the Father and then coming back. And they thought, oh, well, I thought Jesus was going to overthrow the Roman government and, and, and the other religious establishments and create a new rule. And we're going to be part of that. And it's going to be epic. But Jesus, you're talking about going away. And there's all this emotion and confusion going on. And this is where we end up in John 15. And he's saying, abide in me. Because I am the true vine, the true source of life. And it says here in John 15 verse 5, it says, I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire and burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, Ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourself to be my disciples. That's great. How good's that? We've been learning about that all last couple of weeks. If you're like me, I am a practical person. I go to the physio, I say, what do you need me to do? 
I've got a personal trainer. What do you need me to do? I mean, doing it's the other, the other side of the equation. So just give me, how do I do this thing? And I wonder in, if your mind over the last few weeks, the, the thought has been rolling around in your head, how do I abide? Like how, I know I need to abide in the true vine. I need to abide in Christ. But how do I do it? Like give me the, give me the steps of how to do it. Give me the shortcut. I want the shortcut. Give me the life hack of how do I do this thing called abiding in the vine? Because it seems really spiritual and like ephemeral and I don't know, maybe you're not good at that or you're not used to that. It's okay. Because Jesus actually gives us a real practical thing here. He says in the next portion in verse 9, he says, um, he says, As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Now remain in my love. Okay? How do we do it, Jesus? He says, if you keep my commands, you will remain in my love. Just as I have kept my Father's commands and remain in His love. How good is that? He says, if you keep my commands, you will remain in my love. And Jesus even points out the fact that, I mean, He is the Son of God and His practice of remaining in the Father is being obedient and, and, and doing this stuff that the Father has asked him to do. If Jesus has to do it, how much more do we also need to do it? This, this is how we abide in Christ. It is practical. And I'm going to give you a few different things this morning, just a couple of things, these habits. I'm going to give you some habits that are important. He says, I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete and my command is this, love each other as I have loved you. And, and, the, and the main command that he gives at the end of this is, is love each other. Scripture tells us that that's how the world's going to know where he's true disciples. Is by how we love one another. You see, what's evident in this passage is that a life grounded and established in God's ecosystem and plan for human flourishing is only found in Him. So we must actively cut ourselves off from other imitation sources of life and reconnect into the true vine. And this is where our habits come in. Our habits towards God help us reconnect areas of our life into the true vine. 1 Timothy 4.8 says, For physical training is of some value. Thank goodness. It's okay, Seb and Jared. Physical training is of some value. For us who sit down all day, it's of much more value. But that's good. It's still of some value. Pastor Keith, your, your bike riding, it's of value. But godliness has value for all things, holding promise for both the present life and the life to come. Galatians 6, 8 says, Whoever sows to please their flesh, from the flesh will reap destruction. And whoever sows to please the Spirit, from the Spirit will reap eternal life so if we have habits in we have all kinds of habits that are ingrained in our life that distract us from god or that sow into the flesh we need to recalibrate these habits to sow into the spirit because that's where we're going to really eternal life how good is that how do we do this i'm glad you asked I'm glad you asked. Now, there's a, few different, uh, there's a few different things that we can do. Actually, there's a great quote I want to read before we do. It's from James Clear. Great book. It's not a Christian book, but it will help you with habits, a really practical thing. It's by James Clear. It's called Atomic Habits. Atomic Habits. Now, you've got to filter out things uh, 
But it says, habits are not a finish line to be crossed. They are a lifestyle to be lived. And I've, re- I've paraphrased one of his other um, quotes and I've said, our habits produce the compounding interest of a robust and abundant spiritual life, cultivating a deeper relationship with God. How good is that? The compounding interest of a robust and abundant spiritual life. This is what our habits can do. Now, I want to just, none of this is going to be very new to any of us, a few of these habits. But I just want to, I feel like, remind us and refresh us in these simple things, just simple things, right, that help help abide. This is how we abide in Christ. All right? So number one, get your notepads out, get your uh, notes in your iPhone out, however you do it. You scroll. If you have a scroll, let me know. That's interesting. That's very interesting. I feel like you're a person worth knowing. <laughs> that's the kind of friend you need at a party. Uh, but if you don't have a scroll, that's fine. Uh, pen and paper will do. Number one, how is your word life? Because the word, being abiding in Scripture, being in the Word of God is a habit. This is kind of foundational habits, right? is a foundational habit of the life of a believer. If we are not in our word, if we're not in scripture, how can we receive the culture of the kingdom? How can we receive what God is trying to tell us and how, what he's trying to form us into? How will we know? Scripture actually says that, uh, it says, do not be conf- uh, conformed to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. What are you letting renew your mind? What are some habits that you have that you need to replace with the Word? Is, is your morning routine a cup of coffee and Carl Stefanovic? I, I mean, I love Carl. I, I know it's, uh, some people don't like Carl. I think he's funny. I think he's good. But, but it might not be... I know you... Yeah, no, we're getting some head nods over here. No, Carl. No, Carl. Carl's not good. I don't watch Carl anymore. I've changed my habits. You might have a morning habit that doesn't include the Word... It includes something else and it's something we need to recalibrate because if we're letting the news, kind of trashy news, let's be honest, morning news, transform our mind and we're not letting the Word of God transform our minds, what are we going to be conformed to? What culture are we going to be conformed to? James 1, 25 says, Do not merely listen to the Word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like someone who looks at his face in a mirror and after looking at himself goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. But whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues in it, not forgetting what they have heard but doing it, they will be blessed in what they do. How good is that? And we think, oh, mirror, how could you forget? Let's not forget that mirrors weren't very common back then. Only rich people had mirrors, so most people didn't know what they looked like. If you, you had to go borrow a mirror, and they were, they were pretty fuzzy. So like, if you weren't rich, which most people weren't, they didn't have a mirror, you could actually forget what you look like. How weird is that? That's a crazy thought in our today, today's day and age. Like People went around and they didn't know what their face looked like. Isn't that strange? So the Word gives us a clear picture of who God has created us to be. 
his sons and his daughters. And if we are not looking into the Word of God, we're going to get a distorted picture of who we are and who He is. So we need to be in the Word. Psalm 119, 105 says, Your Word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. The Word of God helps direct our life. So if you need to recalibrate some habits in your world to get the Word in your world, you need to do it. Because this is how we abide. It's practical. We need to get in the Word. There's a great app called Dwell. Uh, I don't know if you've heard of it. It's a subscription. Oh, it costs money. Let's invest into our spiritual life. It's fine. It's money. We invest in Netflix. Let's invest in our spiritual life. It's an app called Dwell. Audio Bible. You can ch- choose the voice. You can choose like what voice. You can have, you can have David Sorchet. Poirot. I don't know if you know who that is, but he's got a beautiful voice. He's got a good voice. I can listen to that voice all day long, reading me the scriptures, and then you can choose the kind of music you want behind it. Like, it's powerful. Get the audio bolt. Go for a walk. Get out the house. Chuck it on in the car. Find ways to create habits in your life that gets the word on the inside of you. Whatever it looks like, Make it happen. Like, let's do it. Let's evaluate our schedule of our day. That's actually a good plan. Maybe have a look at your day and write down everything that you do and your habits are going to become clear to you. And then you're going to be able to see, okay, that's a habit that's taking up time that I need to remove and replace with reading my word. I need to get a Bible plan, an audio Bible, whatever it is. I need to make it happen and I need to get the word into me. All right, how's that? Number two. Like I said, this is not new to any one of us, but it's kind of like one of those things, right? Simple, uh, it's not crazy hard, but we just don't do it sometimes. And we have other things that get in the way. Prayer and worship. Prayer and worship. Are you talking to God? That's what prayer is. Are you talking to God? Are you coming home from work stressed and taking it out on your kids? I mean, I'm talking to myself sometimes. I mean, anyone with kids. Or do you go to God before you get in the house? Just park and go, God, I had the worst day. Like, tell God about it. Just talk to God. Tell God how you feel. He's not, he's not scared about your feelings. He says, cast your cares upon Him. Talk to God. Are you talking to God? Are you talking to God about major life decisions? Even minor life decisions. Are you inviting God into like the work that you do? You might have something pressing. You might need some creative ideas. Ask God. He, he's pretty creative. Like invite God into your world through prayer. Talk to God. Create a culture and a habit of talking to God. Sometimes I think that um, people think the way we talk to God is sometimes how maybe we pray in a prayer meeting where we have to yell and scream. And we, I mean, we get ex- I love getting excited in a prayer meeting. Don't get me wrong. But I think sometimes we think, oh, that's how you got to pray at home. That's a bit hard. How do I do that? Like, how do I yell and scream at home? No, just talk to God. You don't have to yell and scream at home. Just go to God and talk to Him. Build prayer and talking to God into the habit of your life. And worship. I think these kind of go together. Worship, obviously worship is, includes a whole lot of things in our life, like the way we conduct ourselves, their character, the choices that we make. It's all worship. But when I say worship here, I'm talking about music. You might not like Christian music. Some people don't like Christian music. I don't like heaps of Christian I like a lot of other music. It's a habit that I'm developing in my life that I need to get worship on 
in, the, in my home and in my life. Because what worship does is when I hear uh, people praising and worshiping God, my spirit leaps and I go, oh, that's right, my God is good. I mean, you need to just get worship on in the house. You need to create a habit and an avenue where your, your life is just surrounded by the praises of God, the good things of God. I mean, Hillsong, just, it's almost like the Word of God half the time being washed over you in song. And you need to just get on the car, get a little Bluetooth speaker that's waterproof in the shower, just have some worship on in the shower. Like whatever you need to do just to get into the presence of God, into, into prayer, into, into spending time with Him, build that habit. So prayer and worship. If you need a template for prayer, have a look at the Lord's Prayer. Matthew 6, 6 to 13, he says, But when you go pray, go away by yourself, shut the door behind you and pray to your Father in private. Then your Father who sees everything will reward you. And when you pray, don't babble on as the uh, the Gentiles do. They think their prayers are answered merely by repeating their words again and again. Don't be like them, for your Father knows exactly what you need, even before you ask Him. That's how good of a Father He is. He says, pray like this, our Father in heaven. Come to him in worship, our Father in heaven. God, my Father, may your name be kept holy. This is, I think I've got a different transla- NLT translation here. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, NIV. Worship him, hallowed be your name. Let your kingdom come, your will be done. Not my agenda, God, but your agenda, God. If you just go through this, not my agenda, but your agenda, God. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Oh, I need to get in the scriptures. What's God's will for planet Earth? I need to find out in the Word of God. And use this as a template. Get some commentaries. Uh, get onto the Bible Project onto YouTube. And it's like a visual, fantastic way to get into the scripture and just bolster your time with God. And so prayer and worship gets us actually into a position where we slow down and we can hear God. We slow down. We stop. We bring our attention onto him and we hear God. And when we hear God, you might think, oh, gee, I hear the preacher say we hear God. We don't hear audible voices of God all the time. We don't hear, hey, Simo, no. <laughs> if that's been bothering you, which I know it does some people, like how do, how do I hear God? It's in your thoughts. God speaks to us in our thoughts and in our mind, in our imagination. And the more that we are in Scripture... The more that we're talking and praying to God, the clearer His voice becomes. We can identify it. We can identify it. That's God. That's not my thought. That's God's thought. That's the devil's thoughts. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) No, that's God's thoughts. And then third, community. Now, this is a big one in the moment that we've been in recently. We've been disconnected from community. You might be thinking, Simo, you're a pastor. You meant to say, come to church, come to church. You know, we're going to go to church. And it's not... And I think this moment where we haven't been able to come together as much as a community and as a family, I think a lot of people have really felt that kind of disconnection. The community is not just a thing, oh, we're meant to do because we're Christians, that it's actually a powerful thing in the life of a believer. Hebrews 10, 23 to 25 says, Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess, for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together, as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another. And all the more as you see the day approaching. Stuff happens when we're together as a family. Good things happen when we're together with people. 
All the good memories, all the great things happen when we are together. And it's not just a token thing we do once a week. No, we get together in one heart and one mind. And we're going to get to do that coming January. We come together to worship God. We come together in a like-minded community. That we say, when I'm, it's, a, it's an intentional thing to go, I'm placing myself in this community and I'm letting the people in this community form and inform my life. My life is going to be shaped by the people that hold the same values and cultures as the God that I serve, that I love, worship, and that saved me. I'm going to choose to be in the house of God because I choose to be formed by God's people in the house. The beach might be fun. I love the beach. Who doesn't love the beach? But the beach isn't going to form my spiritual life. The beach isn't going to form my kid's spiritual life. My kid, you need to build a culture in your family that my kids are going to be in the house of God because I want these kind of people, I want this family, the family that I was raised in to also raise them. I don't need the beach to raise my family. The beach is there and I can go to the beach any time of the week. But there is one day a week where we come together as the family of God and we say, let's be formed by this community. Let's be strengthened. Let our values be informed by these people around us community. It's not just church. We are the church. It's community. This community. Let it be a habit in your life because sometimes you don't feel like come to church. You're not bad. You just, sometimes you don't feel like coming to church. You're tired. You had a big week. But my goodness, when I decide I'm going to be there and maybe I come to church sometimes and I just feel off, but I leave and I'm like, oh man, I'm so glad I went because I saw so-and-so worshipping and they just got diagnosed with cancer, but they're worshipping God. They're giving glory to God. If they can give glory to God, I can give glory to God. My goodness, I'm so glad I'm in the house of God because I am spurred on. I am sharpened by the people around me. The house of God, I'll tell you what, that's a habit that we're going to have to wrestle with and get back into when it comes January. I'm telling you, this is how we abide. In the Word of God, in prayer and worship and in community. This is how we abide. This is how your version might say, this is how we remain in the true vine. The true vine that carries true life, not imitation life. We need to recalibrate our habitual life. You know, there's a quote by Henry David Thoreau that says, the mass of men lived lives of quiet desperation. (laughs) That's a heavy quote. I'll read it again. The mass of men lived lives of quiet desperation. But I think when we start to get practical and form these habits with God, God, help me form these habits. God, show me some practical things that I can do to, to remain and be in you and to know you more. Because that's, that's the goal, is to be in connection and relationship with God. I swear, we're going to start to live lives, not of quiet desperation, but we're going to have lives that have a quiet revolution happening on the inside of us. And it's the Spirit of God, it's revival on the inside, reviving our life, reviving our world. And depression can't stay because the Spirit of God is there. And there's a quiet revolution happening. That's what we're going to do. That is abiding in the vine. We need to get rid of the weapons of mass distraction. I love TV shows and movies, but it's not a true source. I'll tell you what. 
We need to abide in Him and we need to get practical. This is, gonna ha- is how new things are going to happen. And I just want to preface this by saying that these habits towards God don't earn us God's attention. They do not earn us God's attention. But they help us put our attention back on Him. They help direct our attention. He's right there. Scripture says that He is closer than our next breath. That's how close He is. Because Jesus went to the cross as a perfect, fully human, fully God, but perfect. He went to the cross willingly to pay for our sins, our past, our present, and our future. Wipe clean. Because He sacrificed His life on the cross. He was the perfect sacrifice. And He thought of you. It says He was the Lamb slain before the foundation of the world. God is outside of time. He saw you before you began. And He decided, and if you're watching this morning, He decided, I need to be with you. I want to be with you. I love you so much that I need to pay for your sin so that I can be reconnected with you, so I can be close to you. It is so, in, it is, it is so personal. Our God is so personal. He's not far off. He's not pointing His finger, judging at us. As believers, we don't believe we have the moral high grounds. No, we, we have the moral low ground that God had to come and sort the situation out for us. That He has paid for our sin. He has paved the way so that we can come to Him. And this morning, I think every single one of us have times where we just need to reconnect in the vine. We just need to come, come to Him. We might, be, we, might be, we might have received that free gift of grace this morning. Many of us have. And we just need to reconnect with God. And I just, if you're at home, if you're here, I just want us to all stand up and just spend a moment just pondering on the grace of God, the goodness of God. And maybe this last 12 months, you haven't felt connected to Him. You know that He gave His life for you. But you just haven't been connected. That's wherever you're at. If you're in your home, just stand up, open your arms. God wants to speak to you. He's right there. He says, I've missed you. I'm not upset. I've just missed you. You can come back to, you can reconnect with me anytime you need. There's been some tensions. There's been some things that have disconnected you from me. You're saved. You know, I I love you. But you've just been disconnected. So right now, I just feel like God's saying, Just connect him back with me. I'm here. It's okay. So Lord, I just pray that you just just touch people this morning. We love you, Lord. We can't do anything without you. Let's pray people find themselves connecting back into the true vine this morning. If you're here or you're at home and you've tuned in for the first time or last couple of weeks, 
And if you have never said yes to the free gift on offer from Jesus, it's right there ready for your taking. God is there and He's saying, all you have to do is believe in me, confess with your mouth that I'm Lord and Savior. And you can do that in your home right now. God is there right with you. And if that's you, all you have to simply say, yes, God, I I believe. I believe you went to the cross for me and you paid for my sin. Just say that out loud. And that's it. Eternal life is yours. God is with you. He says He'll clean you of all your He's cleansed you of all your sin. You are made white as snow and you can connect with God. His grace is good. He's right there with you. And so, Lord, I just pray that if there's anyone in here this morning or anyone at home that is connecting with you for the very first time, I pray, Holy Spirit, that you just move powerfully on them and they would just, just feel the weight and the burden of sin lifted off their shoulder and that they would feel your presence and your closeness and your nearness in the mighty name. If you said that this morning, if you said that out loud this morning, if that's you, I just want to encourage you to click that button uh, in the comments. And so that one of our pastoral team staff uh, that are online this morning can just have a private chat with you. Just, just, They just want to meet you. They want to answer any questions you've got. They just want to help you on this journey to knowing Christ more. And uh, they'd love to do that. So hit that button. But everyone, thanks for joining us online. Let's recalibrate our habits. Let's get practical. Let's get the things we're not used to happening. Let's just, let's recalibrate things, all right? Let's get with God, a pen pen and paper. And I'm telling you, we're going to abide and we're going to have life abundant and it's going to be good. It was so good being here with everyone this morning. And uh, I pray you have an incredible week. I'll hand over to Pastor Nate right now to close out the service.